What's up, ghoul kids? Welcome back to another episode of the Ghoulish Gallery with me and Journey. Each week, I have a guest from a different location here to tell us about their local spooks, haunted places, cryptids, urban legends, etc. And this week, we have someone who is very used to telling stories about creepy things. We have Arwen Sherman, who has actually worked as a guide on haunted tours up in rural Maine. How are you? Hi. Excited to to chat about ghosties oh my my gosh I know like favorite thing most everybody actually I think everybody so far has been an author so it's somebody who's used to telling stories but I feel like it's very different from like a tour telling stories like yes yeah I got really into like oral storytelling when I was a tour guide because it was kind of somewhat of close to that tradition because you're telling people stories it's not written yeah um yeah, so I was a, uh, actually owned the tour company, and it was called Bar Harbor Tour Company. It was 2012 and 13. It ran out of Bar Harbor, mm-hmm. um, and we we were like a historical tour company that also did ghost tours. But everybody was more interested in the ghost tours. That's kind of what we naturally got for. <laughs> yeah, naturally. I think I gave like maybe five historical tours in two years. Like everybody was like ghosties. Um, so I am not affiliated with the current ghost tour company that's in Bar Harbor, just to clarify, because um, I was the one before. Yeah. So how, uh, how did you get into doing that? So funny story. Um, I used to be a janitor in college and I would always clean the cafeteria and strike up these conversations with people just in and um, I met this one person that was like, hey, what kind of job could I have where I wouldn't actually feel like I was working? And I was like, you should totally be a tour guide. And I was like, kind of like messing with him, but he took me seriously and like found my email because it was like, you know, college write emails or whatever uh-huh. and emailed me being like, so are you going to do this tour company with me? And I was like, I guess. <laughs> Just like, why not? Because like, you know, the energy of being 20 and <laughs> being like, yeah, I'll start a business with you, whatever. <laughs> uh, so uh, we ended up becoming best friends, but and he's still my friend to this day. Uh-huh. But I researched and wrote this ghost tour um, and gave tours for two summers um that's so to people cool. yeah it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun that's awesome and for it to just like randomly fall into your lap is like the coolest yeah. thing yeah yeah it was definitely a problem I have where I'm very sarcastic and people think I'm being serious but in this <laughs> case it actually worked out so it was cool <laughs> that struggle is so real <laughs> yeah. like, giving tours is fun <laughs> that's awesome um, yeah um yeah 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 and then I moved to um Portland for a while in Portland Maine I should clarify uh and which is like four hours away from Bar Harbor so I stopped wow. doing the tours because I yeah, was ready that's... to like move to big city and um, <laughs> that's a little big, bit a big Maine city you know yeah that's awesome I'm very disappointed that Maine is one of the states I have not been to yet and I even it's grew great. up in New York so oh. I really don't have, <laughs> yeah, it's like really don't have any, no excuse. So yeah, ironically, like so I've been to 39 states, I think at this point, and I've been to Massachusetts and Connecticut. Well, then you really I, have no excuse because I know. <laughs> it's so bad. I haven't been to Vermont. Maine is literally like so close to Massachusetts. Right there. Oh my goodness. You've circled so, us. I You've know. circled us you're like closing in slowly it was so bad um but also at the same time like when I was living in New York like I only ever went to the city once because it was like seven hours from where I was and I was like oh my god seven hours so far and then I drove to California over four days (laughs) and I was like oh hey you know what seven hours isn't so bad (laughs) yeah now that's like a day trip to me so right eventually I'll get there um Eventually. And you'll love it because Maine is like, it's really pretty and it definitely is like old enough where it's kind of spooky. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I like about it. Uh, so I have like two, I guess, like subjects that I brought. I have my little notebook here. I was like, I got to write down perfect what I want to like cover. Um, yeah. So I have my cryptid section and my ghost section. So. Those are two very awesome sections to have in a notebook. <laughs> Oh, do you want to start with the cryptid section? Whichever works for you. Okay. Let me have um, it. So uh, 
Maine has a, a lot of cryptids, but I mostly wanted to talk about Wessie. So Wessies are like legitimate real cryptid um, proof that she exists. So in 2016, there is reports of a 10 foot long snake in Westbrook, Maine. Oh God. Um, yeah. And people, there are reports that the snake was eating like a beaver on the side of the road. And the, and the warden actually confirmed that the snake was real and they found a shed of Wessie. If you Google this, um, and it's huge, it's terrifying. And Westbrook oh, is not like super rural. Like Westbrook is close to Portland. It's pretty populated. So it's like, imagine oh. like a snake in suburbia kind of a little bit. Um, it was unknown where Wessie came from. And uh, sadly, it, I, the theory is that she did not survive the winter because after 2016, she was no more. But I've always <laughs> wondered like, did someone like lose a snake and like not want to admit it? Or like, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Like, um, it's like one of those Florida things where all of a sudden the snake is bigger than they expected. And they're like, oh, we're just going to let you go out into the wilderness. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she like terrorized Westbrook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the poor beavers were like, what is this? <laughs> we, we did not expect this in our habitat. Um, Mom never told the, me about this. <laughs> yeah. Like our, my like beaver parents didn't mention this as a danger. Um, and Wesley has a Twitter actually that's like still updated to this oh, day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Wesley's one of my favorites. We also have Cassie, which was the original sea serpent. Um, oh, okay. She's from Casco Bay, which is near Portland. And there hasn't been a sighting of her since like before 1900s, like a while ago, but like you never know. She could come back. Um, oh, yeah. So Always. she's our big famous one. Yeah. Um, and then we have three other ones that I had not heard of. I knew Cassie and Wessie because, you know, like they're pretty famous. But we also have a like half bear, half moose creature, um, a kangaroo platypus like creature and a monkey like sprite that likes to terrorize lumber, people collecting lumber. So those are our other ones. We also have a cryptozoology museum, which I what? wanted to mention. Yeah. Oh, so I need to the Lauren Coleman, who... I don't know if like self-referentially calls himself the grandfather of cryptozoology or if like other people call him that, but he has been doing cryptozoology for a very long time and he's based in Maine apparently and has these museums. So if you ever come to Maine, <laughs> make sure you go to the cryptozoology museum. Oh, that's it's, amazing. It's really cute. Um, and yeah, so those are my cryptids of Maine. Um, so cool. And uh, yeah, I... Oh, uh, I actually had like a Bigfoot sweatshirt that I wanted to wear to this recording that I could not find. So now I just, I know, but um, yeah, apparently there's like a lot of sightings of cryptids, but if you think about it, like anywhere the woods, I feel like people are just going to find like, I don't know. I live in the middle of the woods and when I get home from like a late night shift and I hear like, I know it's deer, you know, but like you don't know. (laughs) Yeah. They're like and it like they like run through the forest and there's all these like tree branches like it sounds like they're like falling or getting pushed and there's yeah. and it's just like you know I know it's a deer but like what if it's not I know yeah I grew up in the middle of nowhere and so you know for some reason you know. like it's it's always been more creepy out there than like <laughs> in the middle of a city <laughs> like yeah <laughs> like you just you don't know and I've seen so many movies and I've talked about it a couple of times now with other people where it's like the horror writer mind is just like we're always constantly looking to make everything into worst case scenario for a story yes oh that'll be great so then like when we're trying to calm ourselves down your brain is just automatically like oh well this is a mass murderer obviously like (laughs) yeah or in my case it's like it's Bigfoot come to like take me away (laughs) just like Sometimes I feel like that would be a rescue. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, it depends. There's a couple like, of cryptids where I'd be like, no, thank you. But like maybe Bigfoot, like Mothman, if Mothman came for me, I'd be like, all right, we right. can we can run away together. <laughs> like, thank you. Yeah, like I'll just like you could flap your giant moth wings and we can ride off into the sunset or something. Right, yes. I don't know. <laughs> <My night was laughs> but like if like the <laughs> 
exactly so if, like the demon of dover showed up i'd be like no fuck that like <laughs> the 10 foot snake shows up it's like yeah if Wesley makes an appearance somehow like like snakes don't usually bother me but i feel like if one that was 10 foot showed up i'd probably have a problem with it <laughs> like yeah yeah that's that's where i, I actually like snakes with. but yeah i just imagine you're like driving home from work on like the highway and you look over and you see this giant serpent-like creature just like devouring a beaver. Like I can't I would die. get that image out of my head. I know. Like the first- I'm surprised there weren't like crashes because people probably were like, "What is that?" <laughs> the first time I saw a tarantula out in the wild, like while I was driving, there was a second where you're like, "Oh, that's a spider," and then you're like, "Oh my god, that's a spider that I can recognize from way too far away." Like, I, I shouldn't be yes. able to tell what that is. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that's all like, I can think about with that is be like, nope, you turn. <laughs> it's like objects in the mirror closer than Pierre and Wessie's like. <laughs> that one thing would save your life someday. <laughs> it's true. Oh, man. Some little guy um, that came up with that idea is like, I told you it was going to work. I told right. you. <laughs> exactly. Um. <laughs> So yeah, those are, that's Wessie. Um, so my, the rest of my like ghost stories um, are mostly in Bar Harbor because that was like where my ghost tour was out of. Uh-huh. And Bar Harbor is like a really weird history. Um, I do want to make a quick note that um, the, that area was like originally uh, and first uh, populated and is still populated by the Wabanaki Nation tribe. And they have a lot of stories and stuff but at the time I when I was researching it I felt uncomfortable being like I'm going to research indigenous stories to tell for money so I did not do that (laughs) Um, so I just yeah I just want to make a note though that like it there are other stories about Bar Harbor out there I just happen to know like rich white people ghost stories um, because that's like (laughs) what I was researching for my business Um, so I encourage people to look Um, so I encourage people if they're interested in like main mythology and culture and history to look up the Wabanaki Nation, which is like four different tribes. Um, awesome. But so, but my stories um, <laughs> are about rich white people in the early 1900s. <laughs> so Bar Harbor, little known fact, um, Bar Harbor was a summering community for like the super elite wealthy of like New York and like all those places. Mm-hmm. Um, the people like during the depression, like didn't notice like those people. So they had in Bar Harbor, what they called summer cottages, but were actually like giant mansions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And these buildings still exist. Most of them are hotels. There's a college up there that some of the buildings are like classroom, like uh, academic buildings. Um, but they are, I can't even like describe them. They're like these massive multi like tiered mansions, but they're like our summer cottage. So like you think small, but it's not small. It's huge. Um, And so a lot of the ghosts shockingly are uh, there (laughs) in the the cottages. And um, so one of the cottages, Ledge Lawn is actually a, hotel at this point but the ledge lawn in but it was a cottage um and one of the residents of this it was like a whole like community too so like they would all like travel up from like you know new york new jersey wherever um kind of as a group and they'd all stay in their cottages and it was like a whole like social thing over the summer and one of the women (laughs) yeah when i when i was researching this i'm like this is such like a bizarre like like this is happening during the depression so that's like also like like this is like you know (laughs) early 1900s and I'm like I can't imagine everyone else is like we are starving and then everyone like it's like we're going to our summer cottages to party like yay um so one of the so the original not original sorry the last private owner of the Hope Diamond was actually part of this community um I don't know for those unfamiliar with Hope Diamond it was like one of the largest diamonds um it is now at the Smithsonian Museum um and it was also allegedly cursed so the Hope Diamond um was what's the word I'm looking for so it was allegedly cursed for anyone who had it would like a bunch of like misfortune would fall upon them and you'd think like that's silly who curses a diamond except literally everyone who owned it had like horrible lives so <laughs> So the last private owner was Evelyn Wash McLean and she used to party at the ledge lawn um, with the Hope Diamond. 
and she would often lose it um, because she'd get so drunk and she would make like a party game with the children of like having them find it for her in this giant mansion. Um, <laughs> this is the Hope Diamond. Um, and like, she'd sometimes like put it on her dog's collar and like walk it through Bar Harbor, just like the Hope Diamond on like oh my her God. dog's collar. Um, so she, <laughs> she had like a really unfortunate life. Uh, she, so she got the diamond um, in 1911 and her son died in a car crash like eight years later. Her husband randomly became an alcoholic afterwards um, and unfortunately uh, died from that after taking a mistress. Um, and her daughter <laughs> died in 1946 and then she died of pneumonia. Uh, so her life like just went very bad. Um, and, and my cats are behind me. So we have lots of animals in this situation um so her life went like super bad um after she gained this this diamond she would party with it lose it it was just like all over bar harbor and then the person who bought it donated it rightfully to a museum and was like the museum can be cursed now because we're gonna take this off the market all i can think of is there's like i mean i don't know if it's a term like everywhere but down here especially in tennessee we say it a lot there's like fuck you money and all I can think right yes. now is there's like, <laughs> I'm going to get hammered and lose my diamond that is worth millions of dollars money. And yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got my hope diamond lost fund. Like. Right? like, and not even that it happened once, but that it continually happened. Like. It was a thing. Yeah, it was absolutely a thing. Like, go to, like ledge lawn parties are so wild that the hope diamond gets lost and what? imagine being like a kid and being like oh i lost my diamond again like i'll give you like a piece of candy if you find it like it's wild <laughs> wild um, no, no, you're gonna pay for this diamond if you want it back <laughs> <laughs> um so her mansion cottage was called briar cliff um and it was on what's called the shore path which is like this really cool walk in Bar Harbor that is populated by all these like cottages but it's also a little creepy at night um because it just feels I don't know like the ocean's right there and there's a cliff and then you have all these like really old houses um so the ledge lawn is our like first ghost stop um so while in the era of Evelyn Wash McLean losing the Hope Diamond in it there was a woman (laughs) I can't I can never get over that Um, (laughs) I'd always talk about that on the ghost tour and people would be like, there's no ghost in this story. I'm like, but we should be scared of the rich, my friends. Like, right? that is scarier than any ghost story I'm going to tell you. That's where the real terror lies. Honestly, though. So, but anyway, so in that era, there was um, Mary Margaret, who was uh, a socialite that was supposed to get married. Um, and unfortunately, her fiance, like, left her um at the altar basically uh, which in that time too it's like super embarrassing like i feel like back then people cared more about like their appearances and stuff so it's just like really horribly embarrassing unfortunately she died um shortly thereafter and so now she haunts the ledge lawn and uh, likes to appear in the windows particularly of like people that are there on their honeymoon so i guess her logic is like if i couldn't get a honeymoon neither can you like i don't <laughs> know like what her deal is but she's been seen she's wearing a long white dress you know like typical ghost shit but like um and like wandering and just like you know through the hallways and I had a experience with her on one of my tours uh it's probably because like that's also the thing about doing a ghost tour that no one talks about is that you're literally talking about ghosts like right in their like territory and so there's always this sense of like am I getting haunted like I don't know (laughs) what if a ghost is mad they like pop out of the doorway. I bet you talk. Who are you talking about? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they're like, yeah, that's not the right story. Like, <laughs> you made me look bad. I'm gonna follow you around now. Like, I don't know. It's always like a little creepy. Um, <laughs> so I was doing the tour uh, like normal. I'm like, this one lady was. So another thing about ghost tours is that there's this whole like tourism around doing like a ghost tour circuit. So people like come to New England and we'll do all the ghost tours in the circuit. Um, so we have people that are like really into ghost tours, which was always really fun when they were on the tour because they were always were like so pumped, taking a bunch of pictures. We had one person have like ghost hunting equipment and like brought it. It was great. Uh, so she's like, you know, walking about taking all these pictures. She's super excited. And we get to the ledge lawn and I'm telling them about Mary Margaret and the Hope Dive and all that good stuff. 
and we she takes like one picture of the ledge lawn and her camera dies like completely oh no and she, and she was like that's so weird because like i made sure to charge it because i didn't want to like have this happen in the middle of the tour and i'm like well that's weird um and then like the light always flickered too and i always was like it's just bad wiring but it was always really creepy because right. i'm telling talking about ghosts and the lights just like <laughs> flickering um <laughs> so we finished the tour i don't think much of it like i just figured you know electronics happen um so the next day i'm walking down to my like ghost tour meeting spot and she runs up to me and she's like i have to show you this picture oh, that no. when i charged my camera no i know <laughs> she shows it and there's a white i shit you not there's a white figure in the window oh, and this is god. from her camera so it's not like she could have photoshopped it like this is literally like on her camera oh my god oh god and I was like, cool, now I have to go give a ghost tour where I have to stand in front of this place <laughs> right after you show me this terrifying photo of probably Mary Margaret, like probably her just like bitter as hell that I'm talking about and we're getting jilted. No pressure. Um, yeah, it was, it was a bad night. It was, it was scary. Um, so... So that was like the big, that was always the big hit. And then Turrets is another one of these cottages um, who, so the Turrets is a gorgeous building that the college there uses as like their admin slash uh, classrooms. It's, it's giant. And it was built for Leela Alexander, who was like an 18 year old who I guess wanted to marry somebody else. But then this older guy with money was like, but I'll build you a castle. And she's like, okay. Um, so she... <laughs> got this castle by the sea like he promised um but there's always like maybe this sense of like regret you know it shouldn't follow her heart or whatnot yeah um, sold out she, yeah well and so i guess maybe that's why she doesn't ever want to leave because she's like i i gave up true love for this castle i must remain forever so she is a ghost there and is seen a lot um and when i uh there's a piano there and one time I was playing the piano there and I guess she didn't like it because all the lights went out and so I was like cool Leela I guess <laughs> bye I'm not a great musician I know but like damn <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was like all right like um the ultimate shade being thrown <laughs> I know I know it's like I was like I'm trying my why? best like yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and there's so those are like the two that were like my favorite, but there's also like, uh, there's one actually called Witchcliff, which I don't know if that was like renamed or if that's its actual name, but it was like a weird cottage near the turrets. Um, and uh, I just think it's fascinating. If you ever get the chance to go to Bar Harbor, I definitely recommend it just because it's like, the architecture is stunning as much as like I'm somewhat resentful that these super wealthy people built these mansions. Uh, the architecture is on point. It, they're beautiful. Um, yeah. And another, like, it's not quite ghost, but it's like a tidbit of information that I find very interesting about Bar Harbor. So Bar Harbor had a fire that burnt, like, pretty much exactly half of the town. And you can tell where the town line is of, like, where the fire stopped, because on one side are all, like, 1950s architecture from when the fire happened, and the other half are, like, the cottages. So it's, like, this, like, really weird architectural divide of, like, <laughs> seeing exactly what burned in Bar Harbor. Oh, uh, <laughs> super that eerie. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so those are my two... Um, cottages i'm looking up really quickly so the devil's footprint is a one of the lore i'm going to tell as well mm -hmm. um i just have to i forgot it's manchester man okay good all right i just had to look that up really quickly so the devil's <laughs> footprint so um manchester maine there was this urban legend that uh there was these people that are trying to clear a trail and there's this giant rock in the middle of this trail I think they were like lumber people, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, I, yeah. Um, and one of them was trying to move this rock and it was not moving. And so finally he was like, look, I'll sell my soul to the devil if like I can just move this rock. Well, I guess the devil heard because he disappeared <laughs> the next day and the rock was moved. Oh no. <laughs> and he was never seen again. Like, no. be careful what you wish for <laughs> yeah especially in the woods of maine like i guess my uh advice to anyone visiting is like don't fucking say shit like that in the woods of maine because you never know 
<laughs> never know. You're just tempting fate. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I know, like, other places have, like, a don't whistle in the woods. In Maine, it's like, just don't talk. Just don't, just don't say anything. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, it's, it's so easy. Like, where, where I grew up in upstate New York, like, I had, like, 46 people in my graduating class. So it oh, wow. was just, like, cow pastures and forests like everywhere and we had like a few stories but most of them revolt like we had a pretty big Amish community in the Uh, area well big for the size of the area it was um that's fine um so there were a lot of stories about like you know Amish buggies getting hit by cars and everybody dying and at night you could hear the buggies like and the horses you know cruising up the road and stuff like that but the woods at night like it's just it's so easy to see how these stories like develop Mm -hmm. and just take off yeah yeah because the woods are like noisy too like that was something I didn't fully get until I like moved to Maine where I'm like everyone always like think or at least I always thought about like the quiet woods the relaxing woods no that's it's so noisy there's creeks (laughs) and cracks and like all this stuff and uh yeah yeah lots of and you know bigfoot walking through um, <laughs> and the portal that the aliens opened up for him to walk through <laughs> yes yes um so yeah how long like when you were doing the tour how long would a tour last about an hour um and so it was like i'm trying to think it was like a pretty short walk but i would stop a lot Mm. Um, and some of the stories I like picked for this, um, session, um, I picked the stories that I found the most main and the most interesting. There's like a ton of like really generic ghost stories mm. too, of like, you know, this person that was murdered and her perfume is still smelled to this day, which is like, <laughs> but then when I like looked in, cause I'm a nerd. So I looked into oh. it and there's like no like murder recorded of that happening mm. there. So I was like, that's pure, like, just like fiction Making but it's sense. interesting that it's like sustained long enough for people like tell you the story and it's like well, <laughs> right no one actually died there. i always wonder with stuff like that like who was like cheating on their significant other and they were like oh my gosh that perfume must be a ghost like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i didn't think about that that's so true <laughs> i bet that's totally what it is the next thing you know everybody's like oh my gosh my house is haunted like you'd never believe what's going on <laughs> oh my goodness yes and oh man yeah, no, it's, it's definitely what it is because yeah there's no one no one got murdered there like nobody <laughs> nobody ever got murdered there um there's this one like apartment complex in bar harbor that was like amongst the locals kind of known as the hoplex because it just seemed like there's like a bunch of parties there and a bunch of like you know college kids just being college kids um and i found out that that used to be a literal hoplex where like people in like the early 1900s would go to like find like hookups or like find husbands. And so the girls get all dressed up and like go to the pavilion in this complex that is now an apartment complex, the Rodick street. And um, there was like a lot of like shenanigans. I should say that happened a lot of drinking, a lot of like maybe, you know, premarital sex. Um, and there's like, it was one article I found where this guy, you know, right. <laughs> like, oh dear. Um, where this guy like got super drunk and like found his like fiance there and was like throwing this giant like fishbowl, like down the stairs at the guy, like it's this whole like wild debauchery happened there. And so I'm convinced that that is a vibe now. And so all the apartment complexes are just like, places of debauchery because that used to be um <laughs> the place everyone went to like go you know I'm just like do trying to imagine like I just have this image in my head of somebody like just furious and he like wants to make a big splash and the closest thing he's got is like a fishbowl <laughs> yeah yeah I can't remember if it was, a, it was some weird object. I can't quite remember if it was a fishbowl or like something. I remember like the article is like, and then you threw it this down the stairs, and I was like, you threw what? Like what? <laughs> like, oh. uh, yeah. When I was in high school, I you know high school relationships. You date somebody for a couple of months, then bye. So I broke up with this guy when he was over at my house, and uh-huh. he went to like slam the door on his way out. But the way the landlord had installed the doorknob, you had to twist it and pull it shut. 
so he tried to slam the door and it just swung back open and he just like turned around and looked and just stomped off and i was like oh my oh gosh my God. that's so embarrassing for him <laughs> so mad and you're trying to make this big impression and like the door yeah. like nope fuck you <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that's how he felt because the article did not read kindly to him. Like the article was like, look at this clown. Like, just like <laughs> it's not like his fault. No, you know, his fiance no. just wanted, you know, to to shop around a little bit, you know, at the <laughs> at the Rodic pavilion. Right. Nobody um, gives you a hard time about trying on clothes before you buy them. Exactly. You know, like especially back then, like <laughs> it's so uh, like the standards yeah yeah the most random obnoxious things um do you have you ever heard anything about the american vampire panic in new england vaguely there is i I feel like i should know more there's a comedy history podcast that i listen to called the dollop and it's like the stories that we heard in high school but like the actual version and not the like we're gonna paint this up so it looks nice version or random ones that we haven't heard and I want to say they did one on the Hope Diamond but the American Vampire Panic one I think the last recorded incident of them they would dig somebody up and sometimes eat the heart like cook it and eat it because that was the way to get rid of the vampire when a whole family would come down with tuberculosis and you know the first person gets sick and they're all sleeping in like the same room but Uh it's a vampire when everybody else gets sick so they would go in there I feel like I have heard about that because there's a podcast I listen to called fangirls which like kind of goes over like vampire lore Uh um all over the world it's actually really it's a good podcast but i feel like they maybe touched on that because i like i'm remembering hearing about digging up bodies and yeah. like, making sure they're not vampires right and the crazy. last time it happened was like 1905 or something like that and they're like that's really not that long ago no it's Grand not <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like uh, horrifying to think that you know just a little over a hundred years ago, we were still so lost in how things actually spread and everything else that we were like, oh, we're going to dig somebody up and eat their heart because that'll yeah. stop them. Right. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I would not, uh, that would not surprise me if that happened in Maine. I just feel like. <laughs> yeah. They said it was like New England in general, like up that way that like Rhode Island was supposed to be really bad. Um, I can't remember which other one they said was was awful, but yeah, I I got a laugh out of that one for sure. Yeah, I know. So this isn't quite vampires, more witch, but there is a grave. I want to say it's like in like down east Maine, um, not Bar Harbor though, but not. I always want to say Booth Bay, but it's not Booth Bay. It's some other B named down east town, um, where it's like a grave of a woman who was like accused of being a witch, and apparently mm-hmm. like either a handprint or a footprint like appears on her grave and like no one can get rid of it and it's like allegedly her just like still mad uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, i would be too to be fair yeah yeah for real um yeah um i have so i have a book recommendation too yeah. um before before i forget uh so there's a book called strange main by um I'm going to butcher her name because it's French. Uh, Michelle Soule, maybe. Um, It's spelled S-O-U-L-I-E-R-E. So however that is said. Mm. Uh, And she writes about like kind of like weird urban legends and stuff of Maine. And so if people are interested, if they heard this little, you know, introductory nugget of weird shit in Maine and they're like yeah. I want to read more uh definitely her and she lives in Maine and she's pretty legit she actually owns a bookstore here so she's like super cool oh, um awesome. and then also Marcus Labrizzi writes a bunch of ghost books about Maine um and he's from Maine too he's from Matrias so those are the two people I recommend because I was like brushing up on like some of the ghost story stuff because it's been like 10 years you know, since they came yeah. before. Um, 
And some of the stuff I was reading from people who like don't live in Maine, I was like, this isn't real. This can't be real. Cause like, it doesn't like add up for like what Maine is. Like they were just saying things where I'm like, that's, that can't, no. Like, <laughs> so that's why I wanted to give like two Maine writers a shout out of like. Right. No, it's always good. And there, there have been quite a few people, even with like the original posts that, you know, were curious about book recommendations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, definitely on board for those. So have you always been a horror fan? How did you yeah, so like, roll into that? I read it when I was like nine, which like, I feel like I should not have done, um, but it kind of like. <laughs> That's when I read Desperation, so. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I was one of those kids that like had no concept of like great appropriate books. Um so I was always reading like the most disturbing stuff and being like, it's fine. Um, and I guess I didn't have the abstract thinking to really be like super traumatized by it. Like, <laughs> right. you know, I don't know. Uh, so I was always uh, a huge fan of like Stephen King and stuff, which I feel like is like really cliche to say, but it's true. That's that was yeah. the beginning of my my journey. But I didn't quite um, I feel like I got into horror again recently. Like I was really into horror like as a kid and like a young adult. And then I got really into like fantasy um and then I kind of been returning to horror like especially through like a queer lens um or like a femme lens uh just like kind of seeing what people are doing with horror now is really interesting to me so it's kind of like I'm returning to it of like oh it's like new cool things are happening in horror writing like yeah I would like to read it um so it's kind of yeah where I'm where I'm at with with horror I'm definitely more like the reading horror more than watching it like I'm very picky about what movies I like I do like a good a good horror movie but it has to be yeah. like the right balance I guess yeah no that makes sense and I mean the nice thing about reading is like you can take it anywhere you want like it's I mean what they say is one thing but what your imagination does with the rest of it is you know totally different so yeah and I can like my imagination can stop at the points that will like be too much for me whereas (laughs) I feel like movies it's like you're gonna see this whether your brain is ready or not you know (laughs) yeah um, so I'd be in the right space for that but with reading yeah. I can be like oh you know I'm gonna my brain's just gonna put up a nice wall <laughs> I don't need to see that in my head yeah um, I, I have no shame I still cover my face in movies I, oh, yeah. it. <laughs> it's horrible yeah. when I do it <laughs> oh you, you gotta you gotta protect yourself man <laughs> so great <laughs> you can't oh yeah I definitely or like sometimes when I know there's gonna be a jump stare I like close my eyes my friends are like you can't do that that ruins it I'm like but it's gonna jump I don't want to jump I'm closing my eyes oh my gosh I saw smile and it is like jump scare city oh my god like is it good though like that was one that kind of intrigued me I yeah I liked it there are a couple things that I would do differently with it um just in terms of like technique but I felt like it was a solid story Nice. So, okay, I have to watch. I like it. Um, Barbarian is hands down my favorite this year, which probably everybody knows by now. Um, but that one is just phenomenal. What is that one about? So it's it's kind of the most terrifying part. So this woman shows <laughs> up to this Airbnb that she's rented, and come to find out, like they had double booked it, and it's like in this super sketch neighborhood in Detroit, like everywhere else it's the only decent house for blocks everything else is like burned down and beat up and you know decrepit and it's really about her and this dude like in this airbnb and i can't really say anything else without giving okay Uh, but it's it's actually creepy though yeah that sounds real creepy and it's one where it's like there are legitimately funny scenes too so mm-hmm. that kind of helps like break up some of the tension a little bit, but it's still yeah. like, oh, my anxiety was just like through the roof watching it, like in a good way, but I was just like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds, so, that sounds good. I love um, it. Especially with like Halloween and like October. I'm like, I need to at least watch one yeah. or two. Um, um, so I've been basically trying to like record as many episodes mm-hmm. as I can, just like get them all in. Cause I don't want people to have to wait forever to record. Um, so last night I recorded with Derek Hutchins and he I'm, I'm officially going on the record blaming him for this so he asked me <laughs> he was like what kind of proof would it take a hundred percent like somebody's going to tell you that ghosts are real and without thinking I was just like oh like stuff's just going to go like flying across the room or something like that like something that you can't 
debunk with, oh, the wind did it or whatever. And then I stopped and I was like, I feel like I just, that was like a challenge accepted moment. Yes. And horrible (laughs) things are going to happen now. (laughs) So I shut down the recording and got ready for bed, crawl into bed, lights off, all comfy. And I hear this crash. And I'm like, oh God. So I like get up, I yell at my dog, poor Journey. Like I just assumed it was him. And I come out and he's half asleep looking at me like, what's your problem? He's like, I'm innocent. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, oh God, it wasn't him. But usually he goes nuts if he hears something. What is going on? So I'm like creeping around the house, like trying to find what it was. And the shower curtain rod fell. I was like, man, all the times that I've had clothes hanging on this thing and everything else, I'm now after this conversation, it's going to fall. So then I put it back up and then I was showering before the podcast after I got home from the gym and it fell in the middle of my shower. And I was like, no, no, I'm just, I'm just never going to shower again. Like, it's a good thing. People can't smell me through a podcast because you should shame the ghost. Be like, look, this little pervy. Like you can, there are a lot of things you can knock down in my house and you're choosing the shower curtain. just let me shower in peace like what right? <laughs> oh my goodness so rude and it's I mean it's all things considered because a lot of things in the south in the cities and stuff aren't really that old in terms of houses mm-hmm. but the one that I live in was built I think they said it was like 1892 and the friend that I rent from her family can trace back like 13 generations Oh, wow. And almost all of them have been like in this city. So I kind of want to look up if anybody has died in this house. Within the first week of me moving in, I had been here two days and my mom and sister came down from New York for Christmas and I was working night shift. So I came home in the morning, was getting ready for bed. And it sounded like somebody walked through the house, like from the living room to the kitchen, out the side door that we come in and out. And I heard like a car start and the sound of it, like driving away. I'm like, okay, like apparently my mom's going to go try to figure out where the store is, whatever. So I like finish getting ready, go to bed and I get up later. And I was like, where'd you go earlier? She's like, what are you talking about? Like, where did you go? I didn't go anywhere. And she was like, well, who left the house this morning? And I was like, you heard it too? No. (laughs) So like we, all three of us heard these steps walking through the house and like the door, the sound of the door opening and closing and the sound, it sounded like somebody drove away, but none of us left the house. So I was like, oh, this is the note that we're going to start out on. Like this is yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. <laughs> My third day here. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. It's always like creepy when like you have like there's like a supernatural experience but then like another person witnesses it because then yeah. it can't be like oh I imagined it it's like no you have, you have a co-conspirator here like yeah no we were we were both like oh shit when we realized that the other one hadn't actually left the house yeah why, why would I go anywhere without you like I don't know where anything is I'm like well I mean I, I don't know like I just assumed that was like the natural assumption to make was that you left the house yeah because no like, one immediately goes to ghost or at least most people don't immediately yeah. go to ghost like if there's another reasonable explanation they usually go there right um so, so and I know there's like of course like civil war history and stuff like that around here but I haven't actually looked up the house and I'm a little bit afraid to like <laughs> The cool thing. So one of the things I loved about doing the ghost tour is I learned a lot about just like history in general, because like most of the stories have some context and history. And then I would go down that rabbit hole of like, well, what do you mean? Cottages in Bar Harbor, you know, and then yeah. we go through that. But it's like really like it's cool to look up the history of places. And then I like, I don't know, I, I've, I'm a nerd about history, but you never know. You could just like walk into like a new obsession. Like the oh. house could be. That's kind of something. what I'm afraid of, too. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh god on top of everything else <laughs> just one more to add to the list <laughs> or like finding out what places during the prohibition were like speakeasies or like places where people like snuck in alcohol super interesting <laughs> like there's a whole like tunnel structure in bar harbor where they used to like from the sea take the alcohol and then like That's awesome. sell it to all the wealthy people in the cottages and <laughs> super creepy there's still a bunch of tunnels underneath bar harbor but that is like really cool too i would i would be thinking about that every time i went somewhere 
Yeah. Oh, and I of did. course, yeah. down here, like up in the mountains, like we still have all the moonshiners and mm-hmm. everything else. Yeah. So I would definitely not go up in the mountains too far by myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's always that. Huh. I was always like wanting to find the tunnels. Like I was like, what if I stumble the entrance? Yeah, I don't know. But then I feel like it's a horror movie. Like, that's literally the beginning of a horror movie. Like, there's these tunnels. Let me go into them. Uh, and that's the point in the movie where I'm watching it. And I'm like, nope, see you guys when you get back out. Right. <laughs> Have fun. Let me know how it goes. You know, 20-year-old me was a lot more uh, ambitious and not scared. So I think now I'd be like, nah. Like, it wasn't, like, really horror, but I was a big Nancy Drew fan. So oh, yeah. every time they would get into situations like that, I didn't recognize it at the time as like anxiety, but man, I'd get so fired up and I'm like mm-hmm. freaking out over whether they're going to get caught or whatever else. And I feel like Nancy Drew could so easily be a horror. Oh yeah. Just, oh my gosh, it would just be brilliant. Yeah. They should like do a remake of Nancy Drew. Like they did with Sabrina and make it like super dark. Yes. <laughs> super, like, oh my gosh. Gory. Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. Yes. Get down. Yeah, and I I got lucky because my mom had a lot of her books from when she was a kid, so I got to read like a lot of her Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys, and um, I actually when I started reading Stephen King, it was over her shoulder because that's what she would get at the public oh, cool. library. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd just be like sitting there like reading with her, and she really didn't care too much about it. And then I started getting Goosebumps books, and all that. I loved Goosebumps as a kid. That was like I I always forget. I guess that technically is horror. Um, but when I was a kid, I would just like eat that up. I also had like these choose your own adventure books that were like specifically horror. So like hmm. you like generally died in horrible ways, which I don't know how that like made it past the like this is appropriate <laughs> for children. Um, but uh like I'll never forget this one where it's like you go into this house and like there's this old lady, or I guess you you choose if you go into the house or not. That's what it is. And if you go into the house, you get eaten by this old lady because she said that she loved kidneys at the beginning, but she meant like kids' knees. Oh, like play on words. Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved those as a kid. And I would always just like go through all of them and take all the different avenues and try to figure yes. out, you know, I had, how to survive. I can't remember if they were, I want to say they were like goosebumps or like under the goosebumps umbrella that there were some like choose your own adventure ones. And I would do that. Like I would go all the way through. And every time I hit something I didn't like, I would like rewind and back it up. Yeah. Take the other way. Like, no, this is and not try to figure out. To go. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I remember the old lady in the house. Cause I was like my nemesis point. Cause like, I could not figure out how to not get to that point. Like I always ended up with the old lady. I was like, what? Like and I'd rewind and rewind and rewind. I ended up having, it was like something at the very beginning would like uh-huh. kind of lead you astray. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. but every time I went to that chapter, I'm like, sure, she's again. <laughs> no, I'm going to eat. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying like with horror movies, kids and senior citizens are terrifying. Like yeah. Yeah. both of them. I have said for like the longest time that if the time ever comes where I have kids, I'm going to be that parent who like throat punches their kid in the middle of the night because they scare the shit out of me. Like coming in to tell me. Can you imagine they come up and be like, I had a nightmare and you just see this like glowing figure. (laughs) It's so scary though. And like my friends who were like, oh yeah, I woke up the other night. My daughter was just like standing there staring at me. And I'm like, what what did you do? Like, (laughs) did you put a lock on her door now so she can't get out? Like, what? What is happening? I do not condone child abuse just to put that out there but right but like no I, I I feel that like kids are especially if you like consume a ton of horror like the immediate thing is like yes this like is, the omen and just like what they see and what adults don't and yeah or like children of the corn yes yeah like I had a friend who like he was the youngest by a lot and his older siblings used to like tie him up and force him to watch that movie and I think it like <laughs> deeply shaped his personality in the worst way possible because <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no. he was like three or four having to like watch it um <laughs> of all the things to shape your childhood <laughs> I know right I'm, I was like oh buddy I'm sorry like that explains <laughs> a lot 
you make so much more sense to me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that's awful. I know my mom told me, I don't, I was young enough, but I don't remember it. But one of my cousins made me watch Alien when we were over there visiting. Oh no. And yeah. She said I woke up screaming for like two or three weeks afterwards with nightmares, like every freaking night. She's like, I was so mad at your cousin. And I'm like, I'm really glad I don't remember that. <laughs> like, right. Well, maybe like somewhere you do. Like that's the thing. Right. Somewhere you do. Maybe that's where like <laughs> aliens are like my thing. Like, yeah, because your brain just had to deal with that trauma <laughs> somehow. It just like rewired it, you know? Pretty much. Like, I just I feel like it's one of those things, like, who's to say what's realistic and what's not? Because the possibilities are endless. Like, you just you don't know yeah. what's out there not out there i remember have you seen signs did you ever watch signs some of that was actually filmed near where i grew up in new york oh that's awesome um i saw it in theaters when i was a little kid um i don't know why my dad took me to that but he did and he lived in maryland uh or he still does but he lived in maryland and i just remember we were driving back to his house and it's just like cornfield after (laughs) cornfield he's in rural maryland and i was like probably like 11 or something and I was just shaking my boots oh my the whole time I was like I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this car <laughs> I don't remember it now I gotta see what year that came out um because my dad took us to the drive-in to see it oh nice so yeah. we were like chilling in the back of the van all excited to watch this movie and I just remember like not being able to watch the knife scene but it's so well done. Like when he sticks it under the pantry to get the reflection. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally, I blocked that one out. Uh, I like actually screamed in the theater when like there's that like jump scare where like the aliens reach his hand through and has the kid. Oh, in yeah. the basement? Oh, yeah, God. I screamed. And then everyone else screamed. And it was just like a chain reaction. <laughs> you know, if everyone's being like, oh, God. 2002. So I would have been like, I would have been like 14, 13 or 14. Oh, you're gonna make me do math. Hold on. I'm gonna do math. <laughs> I'm sorry. I never want to do that to anybody. <laughs> I hate math so much. Yeah, it would have been 11. All right. Um, yeah, so I, <laughs> my poor dad, I don't think he listens anyways. Um, but my dad's been married four times. He's on like number four. So with the second one, my stepsister was just a little bit older than me. And the stepbrother was just a little bit older than my brother. So it was all like, oh, go spend more time with your stepsister, even though we had like nothing in common and didn't get along at all. So one day she was going with her friends to see like, I think it was the Bride of Chucky. And he like dropped us off at the movie theater and was like, have fun. And I just sat like with my knees up and my windbreaker over my head, like eating my candy underneath my jacket because I just had no interest in being there at all. (laughs) So it it took a while for, but then like sixth grade-ish, we were all like obsessed with, I know what you did last summer. And I feel like it's one of those things where like, I've never actually seen that movie, but like culturally, I understand that movie because of how like, how much it's referenced and talked about it's like it's like, so like I almost like oh, I've totally seen that even though I have it I just know I just it was know it like with that and scream it was almost like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys like yeah either one group or the other um, yeah so there's that we'd watch some Blair Witch and my mom got to the point where she would watch the horror movies with us when we had sleepovers and stuff and right around the time she actually started getting into them is around the time I decided I couldn't watch them anymore. So she would like bring them home and be like, oh, watch this movie with me. And I'm like, nope, 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 sorry. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> well, Growing like- up, I was like huge into X-Files too. That was like, yeah, I feel like that also did a lot for my interest in Supernatural, but I'd always get so terrified. Like I would watch it and then like I'd come up to my mom at night and be like, I can't sleep. And she's like, you watched X-Files again, didn't you? And I was like, yes. And she'd be like, God damn it. Like, you know this happens. And I'd be like, I can't stop. So good. It's so good. Like at one point she like banned me from watching it, but whenever a babysitter would come over, I'd be like, this is what I watch. And she'd be like, oh, okay. And then my mom would come over and I'd be like, I can't sleep. And she'd be like, <laughs> like it's your fault for not telling the babysitter that I couldn't do this like this is like- yeah, right. <laughs> I'm 
clearly going to try and manipulate this into getting what I want. Like, right? Like what? I'm like seven. That's what they do. That's <laughs> just how they roll. Like, that's just how yeah. It yeah. No, it's <sighs> there's a lot of things. Like, because I'm a big true crime fan too. Um, mm, yeah. So between the two, like my imagination is just constantly, and I work in law enforcement. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wait, what do you do? Um, I'm a dispatcher. Me too. What the hell? Are you really? Yeah. Oh, oh that's why. Yeah, that's oh so funny. <laughs> oh, well, we have so much more to talk about off this. Then. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah. Um, so I was a full time dispatcher for five years, and now I'm part time, so I can be a librarian as well because books oh, are, yeah. That's so, uh, uh, which everyone is like, is always like when are you coming back full-time and I'm like I get a paid to read (laughs) (laughs) ridiculously stressful job versus books yeah I'm like I'm totally fine working part-time I'm like paying for my own health insurance and then reading books for the other like 20 hours of my life oh god that sounds so amazing so amazing (laughs) I am like actively trying to get out so I've been a pop apologizing I don't know where that came from I have been <laughs> applying <laughs> they've traumatized you that's that's the conditioning of like public safety <laughs> <laughs> that's how much my job has damaged me <laughs> do you have uh, my new job like they give me breaks and I'm like wait we get breaks and they're like yeah oh my God, I know. <laughs> like I talk I, to my mom all the time because I'm like I know you taught me my entire childhood not to talk with my mouth full of food but sometimes that's the only way I get to eat so <laughs> yeah no exactly it's always bad when you like you make dinner and then like the phone rings like right first bite in so you're just like yep. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the time okay, you get back in, it's always a ridiculous call your food's cold. yeah oh yeah like oh fail. oh my god yeah we have we have so much to talk about now not that we didn't before but there's just something about <laughs> that shared public safety trauma <laughs> but it's so real it's so real um, horrible yeah and um you said that you write too yes I do that was also one of the reasons why I dropped down to part-time is because I wanted like energy to write and I was on overnights so I like just never had any energy ever yeah. I did uh, that for a couple years so I feel you yeah so yeah much. it was terrible um I mean it's kind of cool because you got all the real weird calls but then the whole like being nocturnal thing was terrible so I do write um I have a story that just came out in Ghost Orchid Press's uh, anthology Rewired, um, which I highly recommend the whole anthology. Um, clearly, you should get it just to read my story. But I've read the rest of it. <laughs> no, I read the rest of it. It's all like, like I definitely was reading it, being like, "Wow, I'm. I feel like I have imposter syndrome. Like all these people are so much better than me. <laughs> like, <Aww. laughs> how did they? <laughs> um, no, it's super good. So it's basically like um, Is the that concept the- is like neurodivergent yes that's the neurodivergent oh, horror anthology yeah yeah um so my story is about a, a child that can like I guess it's like a form of synesthesia but like can see colors and like has a special power that may lead them to be homicidal um so yeah uh, <laughs> it was really fun to write but uh yeah so that one just came out um and then I also have like a fantasy story coming out in November in the Kingdom of Wrath, Wrath and Ice from Tourmaline and Quartz Press. Um, it's a like sapphic gender swapped Snow Queen retelling. Um, nice. Yeah, it's not Lay Horror though, but that's fine. It's just fantasy, <laughs> dark fantasy. Um, yeah. <laughs> like dark in general. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I saw sci-fi. like, yeah. And then I also work on like longer projects, but those aren't like, anywhere near like releasing to the public um, mm-hmm. just tinkering away at my I've been like I started freelance editing in October of last year so it's been oh, a little nice. over a year now and I I don't know if this is like a common editor thing but I've gotten to a point where I'm so used to like going through somebody else's work that even though I have all these ideas mm-hmm. I can't like get them down oh, no. I don't know I know I have I'm, last count it was like 17 unfinished stories that I that I have like started and then just like yeah bleh. I feel like there's two ways to break out of that for me at least I'll, t- I'll speak from my own personal experience because I don't know like how how you are as a writer but for me it's either like I need to take just like a break 
like a total break and like not write anything and just like focus on like consuming mm -hmm. either like media or writing like sometimes just like watching like a really good movie will like get the wheels turning in my yeah like world war z actually like shifted my mm -hmm. brain i have no idea why um, I was one. like had writer's block for like six months and I guess seeing Brad Pitt fight zombies just like <laughs> shit, I don't know that it's a mystery the best of us. <laughs> yeah, I walked home from watching it and like finished my novel that I've been like stuck on for like six months so I don't know um, I stand by it <laughs> but then also so it's like or just like making somebody else make me write it like sometimes I'll like message a friend and be like you need to get up with me and we'll sprint <laughs> together and then I'll finish this stupid story <laughs> the you accountability know? buddy yeah it's so real accountability buddies are like they're real yeah. I owe a lot of words to I my friends on discord being like hey nudge, <laughs> come, nudge. Come sprint. yeah <laughs> come sprint with me I think I'm oh. gonna try nano remo this year oh nice um, nice and I'm like terrified to commit to that, but I also feel like I just need to do it. Yeah, I think like it nano's good for like the write-ins too. So even if you don't like win, I feel like just like setting the intention of like I am going to go for like yeah. two hours, even like, two hours a week, or like sometimes mm -hmm. I would do it like I go to all the write-ins and like just be totally unhinged. But mm -hmm. even if you're just like, I'm gonna go to one write-in for two hours and like write, that's like two hours more than I often write. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> you know um yeah no nana's really fun i really enjoy it i never win but that's okay like yeah <laughs> see and i, I never even like i don't even expect to get to that point i'm just like just the act of like making myself sit down and write something that's substantial in length um yeah, yeah. i have a great idea for it that i'll have to tell you about off screen because i don't want to like just in case yeah. i do actually write it like you know no I'm like a big fan of like not talking about your story until you're like at least for me like I've written enough of it where it's like not in the ether because I feel like if I talk about it before it's down then like, it, just it doesn't ever it. <laughs> yeah like like my brain's just like well you've told that story so you don't need to write it anymore right <laughs> it's like, you're like it's gone so. now it's just gone. yeah it's gone but I'm excited to hear about it when you're ready to, oh my gosh. to share yes I will uh, as soon as I end the recording like I'm gonna have to like now that I know you're a dispatcher because I know that right <laughs> It's <laughs> so exciting. Um, yeah, because I had like I had a ghost story involving like police officers, but I wasn't sure like um but what like when I first started getting um getting hired, oh my god, when I first started working, um there these two officers. I'm not the only one on the struggle bus. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like what are words? Um there's the these two officers I used to work with were like they were not like ghosty types and they mm. had this story the tldr is that they were like going into this house because the person who owned it was like yeah this is abandoned property but like my neighbors have said they've like seen some stuff there so can you go check it out and they went and like they did not find squatters they found like a fucking ghost like they're going and they were like there's th the way they tell it is like way better basically like they're just like going room to room and they're like there's no evidence that like anyone's been staying at the house uh -huh. And then they go into this room where there's like a record player and the house doesn't have electricity, but the record player starts playing like this old timey music <laughs> and they just look at each other and think we're, we're out. <laughs> we're not. Oh God. I'm just trying they to imagine which of my troopers I would like to see in that situation. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they just like. What's really funny is that like these were not the type of people where that would be something that they would like admit, but like they both were in the room. So they were like, no, we're both hearing this. Like we're both. <laughs> we're done. We're done. Yeah. They're like, we gotta go. They're like, no squatters, just ghosts. Like, you're fine. <laughs> it's just haunted. It's okay. <laughs> it's just just haunted. Um, but yeah, that was uh I always laugh at that because that oh, anyways. And it's um, always great when they tell those stories. Yeah. Happy. Like, yeah. Live vicariously through them and not have to experience it myself. <laughs> right. Yeah, especially the ghost. Like, I'd be yeah. so scared if I'm like checking this abandoned house and then music oh. starts playing. Like, no, thank you. No, no I'm. No. A, I have seen those movies. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I know. Really? <laughs> now it's time to chase our tail. 
perfect. Um, right. Okay. Well, I'm going to wrap up this recording then. I will yes. attach your socials to this. Yay. Um, and we're about to talk dispatch for a few minutes. Sorry, everybody. Okay. You're going to miss out because you're not cool. <laughs> um, so fantastic. Yes. This will come out, I believe, mm, end of November, late November. Cool. That's exciting. Um, but I will I'll give you a heads up, of course, before before it comes out. Um, cool. So we will see. Oh, and thank you again for coming on because that was yeah. an awesome conversation. Like that was, oh, I'm glad. was so much fun. <laughs> I just I love doing this so much. I don't even care if anybody listens at this point. Um, yeah. It's just it's fun and I don't care. So fantastic. I've been enjoying it so I'm glad I'm glad that you enjoyed our conversation yes Um, absolutely yeah so do you dispatch real quick do you dispatch for like a rural area or like a city all the above all the above okay yeah it's like it's a really big area okay I'll uh yeah I'll get into specifics in here a second why cut everybody else out are we still recording my bad (laughs) Sorry, right, I'll edit it out. Oh, um, good, because I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so yes, um, that's been Arwen and Maine, and yeah. hope you guys come enjoyed visit it Maine as much as you did. <laughs> yes, and the Cryptid Museum, and watch out for snakes. yes, <laughs> yes, watch out for Wessie. That's right. Awesome, and I will talk to you, cool kids, next week. Bye, guys.